welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. So today I am in McKinney, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, and we are celebrating their one-year anniversary. And so what we're doing is, well, I don't know, how many cinnamon rolls do you think we did? Probably about three to four hundred. Yeah, we did a lot. Yeah. Those are a little bit smaller cinnamon rolls, but still a pretty good deal because the charge is 25 cents. And then, of course, we're doing a much bigger cinnamon roll. We're saying it's somewhere between 25 and 35 pounds. And then we'll frost that and then we'll give it away to the community. I have with me Char and she is a baker at House of Bread. And Char, how long have you been working at House of Bread? One year. Yeah. I celebrate with them my one year anniversary. All right. Yes, yeah, so that's right. You were here from the beginning, but you were... COVID at the very, very beginning, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I started, I think, two days after they okay. actually opened. Yeah. And so. then at, at first, weren't you doing more of uh, the pastries and the cookies? Yes. I came in as an assistant baker and did all of that, um, kind of watching the, the bakers, probably for a good six months. And then did you want to do more of the yeasted breads or did they ask you to? Or I came into this job wanting to learn all of it, including, you know, loaves of bread. I've tried it at home, been successful a few times, but um, no, I definitely wanted to get to that level. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. I think some people are just comfortable doing, you know, one thing, and other people really want to learn. What I saw too is, I remember seeing photos of the pies you did at home, and they were like, works of art. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a lot more time to, to spend on a work of art. <laughs> right, right. Well, why don't you tell us what your, your other job is? So, so. I, I do have a full-time job. Um, it's in the corporate world um, with capital investments, um, debt, equity kind of stuff. And I've been doing that for 14 years. I have three children. Mm -hmm. All three of them are in college. Um, I've always been, I guess you could say very active. In their high school, I was, you know, president of the BPO for about four years. Um, even what, is, what is BPO? Oh, it was uh, my daughter's dance. Oh, okay. Balladora's, yeah, oh, for okay. McKinney Boyd. Um, so I was the president of that. I knew that was coming to a close. Again, I'm not one to sit at home and do nothing. So I was like, what else can I do? I'm not quitting my full-time job. Um, so I talked to Michelle. And Michelle is the owner of the House of Bread here in McKinney. Correct. And I just kind of met with her a couple times and said, this is what I would like to do. I love baking at home. I am very passionate about it. I probably should have gone to culinary school. Did you consider going to culinary school? Or? You know, I really didn't back then. Mm -hmm. um, it was always towards business. Sure. But I grew up on a farm. We all baked, we all cooked, we all grew so you was garden. Your, your grandma and your... Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. You know, it's it's funny because that actually is a little bit of my background too. Oh. Is that you get that farm and ranch and it's... you know It doesn't go away. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're doing all your cooking and baking. Yes. I mean, you don't go out to McDonald's. No, you don't. No. So I learned a lot from, like you said, my grandmother, my mom, my aunts. Um, I'm a, I'm the oldest of five kids, so I'm the youngest of eight. <laughs> okay, well, so, so I had to do a lot of the cooking with my mom and to feed all the you know my brothers and sisters. I just love being in the kitchen. I love, you know how like gifts make people happy. I love making people happy with food. And sure. So, um, sure. 
asked Michelle, I said, this is what I can offer you. And she's like, come on. So yeah. I started part-time, like I said, not coming from a culinary background, but a home baker. You know, I, I, I was nervous. Sure. So I started out as the assistant, just kind of watching. And then one day she said, are you ready to, to get behind out on the other side of the counter and, and do the yeast doughs and the loaves and deer in the headlights? I'm like, can I do this? And um, after day one, absolutely. Yeah, so so you guys understand there's um, the cookies and the pastries and then the shaping is kind of more of the system baker and they're doing the muffins and scones and whatever. And then you advance to the mixer. And so our mixer is six foot tall. Yes. <laughs> it's and a, heavy. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's a 140 quart uh, Hobart mixer. And the dough hook weighs 30 pounds. It's not like your home dough hook that weighs, you know, whatever it weighs, maybe eight Two. ounces. I was going to say <laughs> nothing. And so they design it so heavy because our biggest batch size is 120 pounds. And so you've got a heavy enough hook that it, it pushes into the dough because that's actually what's kneading the dough. So it can be a little bit intimidating, especially being a woman, you know, kind of manipulating that, that machine. You just get used to it, I guess. I, there have been a few times, more than a few times, that I've had to, like, put that dough hook back down in the bowl, step away, regather myself, and right. get back after it. It might take a couple times, but... Yeah, so you have to kind of maneuver it on the mixer and then get it in place. One thing about baking commercially, it's a, it, I look at it, it's a workout. Because you're pulling that dough out of the mixing bowl, putting it on the table, you're dividing it, and then you're taking... You know, your loaves, which are four-strap pants, so that's about 10 pounds. And, you know, how many of those do we do? 30? I was, I was <laughs> actually going to say about 30 to 40, depending on, on the day of the week. Right, right. So you, a lot of people give up their gym membership when they start baking. <laughs> well, and I'm so mad I forgot my watch today because usually I, I hit all my rings by then. <laughs> oh, okay. What was surprising? So when you came in um, the first few days or week was there something that struck you as just like oh I didn't think that would be happening or I think mostly just the quantity that we put out and that everything is made fresh daily you know we don't keep anything out there for very long and coming in as a customer and going to the grocery store I always thought that oh it's we don't have to do everything every day no we do we want it fresh for our customers like you, like we were talking about the just looking at the the dough machine and the the hook sure but once i figured that out it was fine and and just can i keep up i think that was the most thing the biggest thing was can i keep up with the need am i going to get breakfast out on time am i going to be able to leave on, you know scheduled time and so I, those are good thoughts, because I tell you what, I have had employees, in fact, I have one now, hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast, but he never thinks about timing or like, you know, it's seven o'clock, we're open. So finally I had to like, really like laid on the law. All your pastries need to be in the oven by 630 at the latest. Can you think you can do this? I mean, he's been working for me for over a month. And so finally it's like, okay, so he's gotten to the point he can do that. But then all the, his rest of his breads later on are all delayed and... It's really nice when a staff member is thinking about the timing and recognizing that that's something that's important in commercial baking. I think that is one of my strengths. As intimidating as it was coming in that first week of learning it, um, I picked it up really easy and 
like I said, I, I think I do really, really well with my time management overall anyway. So you, well, you do. <laughs> I'll second that. Okay, good. <laughs> so when you were baking at home, what did, was most, what was your favorite thing to bake at home? Oh gosh. Well, even before this job, every year I gave myself something to bake as a challenge. So one year it was a croquembouche. One year it was macarons. What, what is that? <laughs> oh, and they're the cream puffs that are stacked in a tower and sponge sugar is wrapped around Oh, it. oh, okay. Yeah, Very sounds, fancy. Yeah, it um, So I made that. I made um, homemade pretzels. And this morning she did about how many bagels? I don't know, 30. Right, right. Something Quite like a few. that. A machine. Just a bagel machine. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, well, it's the people that are the bagel machines in House of Bread because at a bagel bakery, they have the machines form the, the round. Yeah, no, we start to finish. It's all us. Yeah, stretching them and what's the water bath right. before they go in the oven, the toppings, everything. When it came to the breads, was there something about um, the breads here at House of Bread that was different than what you did at home? Or was there anything that was surprising? I've actually, the one thing I've learned here is... I wasn't kneading it long enough at home. And I think a lot of people may do that as well as home bakers. They don't need it long enough because they're afraid of it. And I've learned not to be afraid of the dough anymore. <laughs> you know, you are so dead on. Um, and tomorrow I'm teaching a baking class here and then Char is going to take over teaching it. But that's one point I make to them is that the most common error is first they use the wrong flour. And then second thing, they don't need it long enough. Therefore, their loaves are short and squatty. And then the other thing is, is they, they don't like stickiness because they're not used to feeling stuff that's sticky. So they add too much flour to get it so it doesn't stick. And then that just kind of compounds the issue. But yeah, so we didn't script that. That came from what you said. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so need longer, people. Yeah, so I think I was, um, like I said, when I, even when coming in here and, and watching them, I'm like, oh my God, they're just needing that for, forever. No. They're they're kneading it correctly. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, don't be afraid of the dough is the, is the biggest right. thing. And so are there any other tips that you could pass on to the home bakers? Uh, well, anything, actually. But let's, with the breads, it would be knead a little bit longer. Anything else that um, comes to your mind? Making sure you have a good thermometer. Mm -hmm. Because it's so, you can overbake bread in minutes. And I think that was another thing besides the not needing it long enough at home, I wasn't using a thermometer. I was going by color, touch. Right. I think I was just over baking it too. I've learned so much here. So yeah, I haven't good. baked at home a lot since working here. Yeah, that's right. yes. Cause I don't go home quite as, you know, and just want to bake more bread. But when I do, like I said, there's so many things that now I know um, are so different. Like I said, a good thermometer, you know, and don't be afraid of that dough. Yeah, yeah, good advice. I think back when I first opened House of Bread, I hired a consultant. I mean, this is 1996, I paid her 25 grand, so you think that she would have told me about the thermometer thing. No, and so we were under baking, we were over baking, we were doing all this stuff wrong. Finally, I and mean, this would be kind of, well, I guess the internet was out, but barely. Barely. You couldn't just like Google this. One of the bakers I ended up hiring, and he said, well, just buy a thermometer. And, um, in fact, we were doing espresso drinks then, and he goes, just use this. And he pokes in, it just has to hit to 180. Just go a little past 180 and you're good. Oh, that was a world of difference. And finally, we started making products that, you know, I didn't have to throw away. Right. And I was very, you know, proud of. Because the problem with overbaked bread 
is it dries out so quick. So it's it's really good while it's warm, and then it's not. And then so you're good. making croutons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then your our options are croutons because even bread pudding is a little crunchy. Right. All right. Well, is there any other parting words you want to say to these home bakers? Just know that if you if you enjoy baking at home, you can absolutely do it in a commercial setting. Yeah, and anybody that lives close to San Luis Obispo, come look me up because I'm opening up another unit and I need to hire some good bakers. Because Char's not willing to move to San Luis Obispo. Not yet. <laughs> the weather's better though. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, now I have Michelle, another baker at House of Bread in McKinney, that is the head baker. And Michelle, how long have you been baking here at House of Bread? About seven months. And did you bake at another commercial business before this? or I did not. I, I baked at home mostly. And for most of my life, I've been cooking and baking. And then I taught my daughters to bake. So we do a lot of baking at home together. Who, who taught you that home baking? Did your mother or grandmother or father? My, <laughs> my mother um, taught me to cook. I would just sit and watch her cook um, before she would let me help. And then when she would let me help, would just do whatever she would let me do, whatever I could get my hands in. Then after that, I basically said, if if I have a recipe, I can, I can make it. I did a lot of experimenting and just a lot of um, baking in different fashions over the years. I started with a, a bread machine back when I was about 20. Yeah, those were popular at one point. <laughs> yeah. You have a different career coming into this. Can What was that? I was um, a medical secretary. And while I was very stimulated <laughs> mentally and kept very busy mentally, I was sitting still in a small space all day. Those and, days are done, aren't they? <laughs> yes, yes. And... Glad to see him go. I couldn't do the sedentary thing. I was stressed out in a way that was unpleasant. I can now, relate. I can relate. Yes. And now I am stressed out in a way that's invigorating. And, and it is. It's it's stimulating. It's it's fun. It's something different every day. And then um, and trying new recipes and, and different seasonal things has been very exciting. Yeah, you know, it, it, that's how I describe stress, too. Stress can be a real motivator. And I like a little bit of stress. I like to be busy. But then it does come to the point where there's a little bit much, you know, you mm -hmm. pull back from there. But I do remember when I was an attorney in that negative stress. Yes. And that was exhausting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could run a marathon and not be as tired as a day of work of all that, you know, that conflict yeah. and negativity. And, yes. and so the bakery business is hard work. Don't get me wrong. And business. Business is kind of challenging, too, because it, it is always changing. But that is one of the reasons I like it as well. Describe like your typical day when you come to house bread. Maybe not today and yesterday, because mm -hmm. uh, yesterday and today where we were, I don't know what we made. We made like two or three hundred loaves of bread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I lost count. Yeah. Typically, I walk in and. What time is that? Uh, 3.15. Yeah. yeah. How, how is that waking up to that, you know, 2.30 alarm or whatever it is? That's been, that's been somewhat of a challenge, but the, um, just repeating that, doing that, that's my schedule now. Sure. How, so how I, many days a week do you work, uh, work at house friend? Five. Oh, right so you're now. full, full time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I come in and I just, uh, the first thing I do is I get out the scale and the yeast and the flour and I start just going to town making dough. 
Right. And making getting my dough ready for the day. And once I can I can plan the rest of my morning once that's done. Sure. And, and then proofing. Typically how many doughs are you making? On Thursdays I make four. Yeah, and those are the yeasted doughs, because on top of that you also have your quick breads. Yes. Right. Your muffins, not your scones, the mm-hmm. all the other fun stuff and cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you baked at home, what was your specialty or is there anything that you like to bake? at home nothing specific i i just enjoyed baking you know we were doing pies cake different kinds of cakes my daughter liked to experiment with so we got into you know the homemade caramel for filling for cakes and mm-hmm. things like that that was something new and different and as much from scratch as i could i sure when i started working here it was the first time i made scones now i i, I love it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would make a scone for any any brunch I had. It's easier than you think because it's it's funny because you see these mixes. It's like people buy scone mix. Well, the only thing it is is they're putting a little baking powder and salt in there in flour, and then yeah. they charge you yes. whatever for it. So pretty easy to measure those things. But if you don't want to measure them, I actually sell scone mixes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you can kind of take out that guesswork. Yeah. But yeah, so anybody at home, it, it's a lot easier to cross over. The one thing's different is the butter. And I do have a scone episode if you want to hear about that. But yeah, the butter mm-hmm. should be cold, get that flaky scone. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you bake bread at home? Just quick breads. Okay. Not a lot of kneading dough. When you got here, who was your trainer? Uh, it was Sarah. Okay. Okay. So Sarah was the baker that has been here since day one. And she actually trained in San Luis Obispo. So part of the franchise uh, process of training is we train the franchisees. Then we have them bring a their baker to San Luis Obispo so we can train them. So then we go to open up the business. We've got a couple people that are trained because then we got to train the assistant bakers, the retail, the sandwich makers, the closers, okay. you know, the whole nine yards. Is there anything that you remember like from the first week of your training that you're like, oh, this is different than I thought, or this is strange, or, you know, whatever. We're in the office of the franchisees, <laughs> just so you know, and I'm on my laptop. <laughs> but I'm not going to answer that phone, but I'm tempted to kind of like let somebody know. I was mentally prepared for everything to be new and maybe on the verge of overwhelming at first. Yeah. Did So was the timing hard to understand or learn or... Kind of, because you really have to watch, watch the time. You don't want to spend too much time or too little time or just things won't get out on time. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So it is true is that when we open at seven o'clock, I've got to have the pastries done. So there is some uh, time parameters for getting everything done. So when the customers walk in, the sim rolls out of the oven. If they get delayed, what happens is customers come in and they want their scone or cinnamon roll or croissant or whatever. And, oh, it's not out of the oven yet. And then they kind of give you that look like, really? You're open at seven. Yeah. Getting that all prepped and ready in the trays, especially the cinnamon rolls, they have to proof to get that nice puff on them. Sure. I feel like I breathe a sigh of relief once I've got breakfast all shaped and ready to go in the oven and I'm on schedule and I know what my next step is. It's a little chaotic before then. Sure, sure. Um, we got a newer baker in San Luis Obispo. So I had to get the breakfast pastries out like I was talking about with Char. What he wasn't doing, he wasn't mixing like the honey whole wheat sponge or the prairie or the nine grain or the sourdough or whatever. He wasn't doing another mix. 
So then he'd get done all the best, you know, the breakfast items were in the oven or whatever. And then he had to make a mix, a dough mix. And then it was an hour and a half later before it's ready. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I'll just make a quick bread or a cookie between them. I'm like, no, 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 we're changing that. So I don't care how busy you are. I need at least one other mix done before that grandma's white hits the table. Their dough that's ready to be shaped into a, into baked bread. And then they got another one after that. Yes. So you're really kind of setting up a production schedule because if your nine grains not out of the oven until 11 o'clock, you know, which happens sometimes, well, then you lose those sales because people come in at 10 o'clock. They want their nine grain. And then if we need the nine read for um, the lunch, right? So you got to slice the bread and you can't slice warm bread. There's a lot of downstream issues that happen if the baker has no sense of timing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's why no matter no matter what I'm thinking ahead to or how uh, how nervous I am about getting breakfast out on time, I get those. That's that's why it's the first thing I do when I walk in is getting those doughs ready. And I may leave one sponge on my day that I do four or five different doughs, but I, I rarely try to because you're right that and before you know it, it's nine o'clock and you don't even have the sponge that has to sit for an hour and a half sure. for that. Sure. For that honey hole weed. Was it hard adjusting physically? Because you came from a, a desk job to a job where, how, how long are you standing on your feet? <laughs> I'm, I'm usually here nine or ten hours a day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that would happen <laughs> in my bakery because, one, i got to pay overtime, too. Well, most people, honestly, the average employee does good for about six hours and then they're, they're kind of tired. Yes. But then I've got some rock stars that can do, you know, the eight hours. But in California, it's overtime per day. So as a business owner, overtime will kill your labor costs. And it's kind of a big no-no. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, with Sarah out on maternity leave, um, I've picked up some of that slack. Before sure. then, yeah, I was. it was about eight hours. How do your feet feel at the end of those and days? I, it, my feet are mostly okay. Okay. I'm surprised at how good I feel. It did take, it took about two months to adjust physically, to not sure. feel like I'm hurting or anything like that sure. during my shift. One of the biggest things that I learned was if I'm standing over that table, because that's what you do, when I'm standing it's that, a, She's talking about the dough table. So we, we put the big globs of dough on there and then you've got to chop and divide it into, you know, whatever, one pound, two pound, and mm -hmm. then do the shaping or make cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm standing over, and if I'm hunched over, or if I hold my breath, my back hurts so bad. So I've had to remind myself to breathe and stand up straight. Things that I still now are not habit. My body just kind of wants to right. slump over so, sometimes. Yeah. One of the tricks that I found that kind of helps me feel good, I get home and I'm exhausted. I sit good. down and I just, I'm done for a little bit. But are you ready to do but, it the next day? And yeah, and then I get up and I'm ready to do it the next day. Yeah. I, I usually feel pretty good. So so how would you describe this job for you? So is it something that uh, you, well, I guess, do you like it? I, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I, um, it's very rewarding when, when everything comes out of the mm -hmm. oven and you look at it and it's pretty and people tell you how good it tastes. I've had to work harder at eating more of what I bake. I'm trying more. I, I, I wasn't tasting every different thing that I was baking. And I, so I've started to make a conscious effort to do that. Well, good for um, you. Because that make... excites me to do it again. Or if I didn't quite get it right this time, I'm excited for the next time. So I had to make a conscious effort not to eat everything I made. <laughs> so when I first opened House of Bread, honestly, it was like I, I, I gained seven pounds. And I think in about... 
10 days. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't used to being around. I mean, I love bread. That's part of the reason I you know, chose to open a bread bakery. That warm bread. And then there's warm cookies, of course. Of course. And, and, you know, cookies are amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then if you're busy, which I was very busy when I first opened, is that I'm, you don't have time to sit down and make a sandwich or something like that. Or, so I'm just like grabbing whatever and putting it in my mouth. And lo and behold, and then I decided that I need to, you know, scale back a little bit. So my rule is only hot bread out of the oven. So, mm-hmm. and to this day, I still follow that. So, hot bread out of the oven. I can only eat homemade cookies or house bread cookies. I don't buy anything store bought. And once in a while, yeah, because I do like, <laughs> I have to travel. You know, you got to remember that I'm traveling and I'm away from my baked goods. So, sure. I do love going to other bakeries and getting their baked goods, but I would never buy one from the store because once you taste fresh made products made with good ingredients, you just don't go back. Mm-hmm. I haven't, since I've worked here, I haven't bought a store loaf of bread. My daughter told me I ruined regular, the packaged hamburger buns. Yeah. So I was bringing hamburger buns home from here, too, and dinner rolls. And, sure. And now, yeah, nothing. Nothing from the from the store. I, we get it all from here now. Yeah, it's even hard when I'm traveling, and it's like, oh. You go to a friend's house, and their bread they're getting, I'm like, all right, let me just... I know now to either I travel with bread, or I'll <laughs> go and pick out the best bread I can at the store and then bring it to them. Uh-huh. For the home bakers out there, is there anything that you wanted to help them as far as a tip for baking bread, scones, or whatever? Anything that you, when you got here and you were like, oh, I wish I would have known that when I was trying to do it at home. To be patient. To let dough um, and bread take time. These things, when I learned about sourdough and sourdough starter and it takes weeks and, and we've got a couple of um, multi-day breads that we make and just to be patient with it and let it have the time that it's designated to have and with the cinnamon rolls our cinnamon rolls are best when they're proofed and they've they've risen and fluffed up it's so true because sometimes if the bakers get behind i can tell by the cinnamon roll it's too chewy Mm -hmm. i want a little more fluffiness and the fluffiness is from the proofing process um, so you make the sim rolls, and they should proof for a while before they get into the oven. Although I do tell them, sim rolls got to be in the oven by six thirty. <laughs> yes, and that's where you you go back, you you backtrack that time, and you you give them you give yourself that time. If I have to stop doing something unnecessary to shape that so it has its time, then I do that. Right, I adjust accordingly. And so the difference with. Baking here and the mass-produced breads is that we really do take the time to do it right. So we do bread like it's supposed to be done. For You have your proofing times, and then when it comes out of the oven, it has to cool before you slice it. So commercial, because I've seen commercial operations, it's interesting to me. But they put dough conditioners in the dough, so it whips all this air in there so they don't have to proof it. Mm-hmm. So they, they mix it, and then they go right into the pans, and then they craziest thing it comes out of the oven and they slice it mm-hmm. they can slice it because if you, we go to slice i mean you guys know at home if you go to slice bread it kind of steams up on you and uh that's why they often say to wait a while but but they put something else into the doughs so that they can save time because when you save time in production you save money so they go immediately out of the oven and into the slicer and into a bag yeah, so that was like really shocking to me. And then, of course, they use things like calcium propionate and these uh, preservatives that basically make the doughs last longer. So it's not a normal bread. 
it's weird. And I've been to a couple of these type of bakeries because I find it very interesting. Um, but there's nothing normal about baking that happens commercially. Mm-hmm. You know, they might use flour, water, yeast, and salt, but, you know, they're using other ingredients. Um, and then they figure out how to save all that time. Well, the problem is, is that it does, it doesn't taste as well. And also, too, is that, you know, those all those chemicals and whatever, there's no so longer a clean food. Correct. It's, it's, and yeah. I think that's what's has people have a lot of indigestion from bread because they're not eating real bread. And mm-hmm. then, of course, they blame it on gluten or they just make, you know, bread, you know, the bread belly and all those are crazy yeah. diets. But yeah. anyway, so enough about that. But we don't do that in House of Bread. We make from scratch and we are patient, like Michelle says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so is there any other tips you want to give these home bakers? Don't give up. If you, you know, if it doesn't uh, work out uh, this time you made it, try it again. You know, keep practicing. I one day will go back to trying to make macaron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I failed miserably at it, and I am going to keep trying until I get those right. Yeah, you go. Um, I, I have never made one, so. <laughs> oh, they're so hard to make. <laughs> so well, hard to make them come out, you know, light and fluffy and keep their shape. I do um, have one of the franchisees uh, in Reno, Nevada. Well, they purchased the business. Reno's the oldest uh, franchise in the system, but they purchased the bakery, and she happens to be from France. And so she introduced them, and I'm looking at, I mean, I was intimidated. I'm like, all right, we don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but she enjoys that, and that's part of her heritage. Yeah. So if you need a tip, you know, I can probably hook you up with her. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so definitely keep trying. Because that's what I always think. If I'm not happy with what I made today, or if it if I didn't let it proof long enough, it didn't get to the shape I wanted, I, I always remember, I'm going to do this again tomorrow. I'm going to make this again tomorrow, and I'm going to just try again, learn from whatever mistakes I made today. And so it's not worth giving up on it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Keep, keep at it. And, and so that it can be challenging though because it's easy to bake cookies and things like that. But when you come into breads, it can, has some own personalities and there's a lot of variables that mm-hmm. you know you follow the recipe, it just turns out different. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon you get it. You get what the feel should be. And then it's kind of freedom because you don't really even have to look at the recipe. I kind of know by the feel, the flour, uh, the dough, if it needs flour, if it doesn't, or whatever. Yeah. Tips from Michelle be patient and don't give up. Happy baking, everybody. Thank you.